0: Wow. This is a very special moment for me. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bonnie. The gospel in one sentence. I love the gospel in three minutes that Bob shares. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's eight minutes, sometimes it's 25 minutes. I'm really nervous. I I uh, uh, just, before we get started here really quick, um, everybody in here should have gotten a rock. Um, if you did not get a rock, please raise your hand and uh, Lucas and Gabriel are gonna help uh, put this out. Yes, thank you. A rock is petrified mud. We're gonna talk a little bit about mud today. I hope we have enough rocks. I only got 70 of them, so straight from Amazon.com. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for my family for being here. I know many of them don't want to be in a church, mostly because of me. So thank you for being here. The gospel in one sentence, Jesus, Jesus put it this way, I and the Father are one. That is the gospel in one sentence. I hope that we can receive that today. When Jesus tried to preach it, they picked up stones to stone him because it was blasphemy. Please don't throw your rocks at me. If you feel like it, I'll do my best. Robin, I saw that. (laughs) Can't trust the Pentecostals, Pentecostals, man. A Petrified rock. I don't know how this is gonna come out today. I've been stewing over this moment for 10 years. There's about 15 sermons in this message, and I'm not sure which one is going to come out, but it's going to be the right one, right? Okay. I and the Father are one. What does it mean to be one? I've heard Pastor Bonnie up here explain it. There is no separation between us. There is no separation between us and the Father. And when we, when we see in the scripture, I'm going I'm to read you some of this. It's too long. Uh, there's two chapters of, of reading to get all this story out, so I'm just going to read, you know, some, some parts of it. But there is no separation. That is the gospel of, in one sentence. That is the gospel that Jesus spoke, and the people picked up rocks to stone him. Because... He made himself God. We're not supposed to be God, right? We're supposed to be sinners that need a Savior to come and tell us how to act, how to think, how to be. That's what we've been told. That's what I've been told my whole life. Yet Jesus says, I and the Father are one. There's no difference there. There's no separation there. One means the same. One means one. And that's the gospel that's been deceived out of us. For most of our lives. For millennia, taught by the church that God is over here and you are right here, and God is perfect and you are imperfect. That God can do no wrong, but that you can't do anything right. That's the gospel of demons. Before I get into this, I want to I talk to you really quick about uh, how we approach the Scripture. And this, this started to get in, inside of me when, when Pastor Bonnie came up here and totally destroyed St. Augustine. Thank you very much. So St. Augustine, just read a little bit further. Just, little, just a little bit further to get to that truth. Because when you read the scripture as a sinner that needs a savior, it says one thing. And that's the story that we've been told. That's what's been spoon-fed to us. But when you read the scripture as the beloved in Christ, it says something called, it says something different. And when you read the scripture as one with the Father, it says something different. So what does it say? approach this scripture in a couple different ways. That we're going to go through it historically. What happened to the man that was born blind that got mud rubbed into his eyes and then walked over to the pool of Siloam and washed and came back with sight. There's a historical significance of that because it was a physical miracle. It was a miracle that, that, that happened in real time. But when you look at this spiritually as well, or anagogically, is that pronounce that right? It says something different. Every person in this story is a different state of consciousness within our own minds. And you can live in that state. Or you can allow the state of consciousness of Christ reach back and talk to that state, to that part of you, to that part of you, and reconcile it back to yourself. He will come after you, and he does in this story. He came after We'll just skip to to that point. He, He came after him when he was rejected from the church. When he needed Jesus the most, when his whole life he was able to to go into the temple and worship. But as soon as I get healed, as soon as I understand that something new happened inside of me, now the church rejects me. Because not of what I've done, but because how I was born. Because I was born. And the church says you are born in sin. So when we go through this, I should just read it. I can't get preaching yet. So this story actually starts in Job. And uh, if you ever want to know how this relates to Job, you should ask my Eve over there. It will blow your mind, the things that she found in Job. And then it picks up again a little bit in in Isaiah, and it it, uh, picks up again in in Psalm, and then it covers two whole chapters in John, and then referred to again in the story of Lazarus. This is a theme in the Bible. And if we believe what Jesus Jesus says, this will reach your heart in a way that it has never reached your heart before. In John chapter 9, it says, now Jesus passed by and he saw a man. Hold on. Okay, so you have to put on your glasses. I have to take it off. Now you're all like mud. And, but I can see with the extra giant print. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And one thing that if you have a Bible, I want you to see, there's something interesting in the King James and the New King James Version of the Bible. So if if there is a word in the translation that does, didn't exist in the original text, it italicizes that word. That means that word is missing. And it's funny to me in how... Uh, John chapter 9, verse 1, the italicized word is Jesus. It's almost like John, as he was writing this, and I don't know if it was just missing from the text or if John left it out on purpose, as if to say, insert your name here. Because that is the message of I and the Father are one. Insert your name here. So the name of Jesus, and we know we're talking about Jesus, but the name of Jesus was left out of here. And uh, it was interesting that, that as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated "Sent." So he went and washed and came back seeing... And that was the physical miracle. I can see you again. I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> I'm so happy that I can stand up straight right now. I hurt my back last week and had all kinds of people working on me, including my, my son. Can I tell you one thing, Pastor Bonnie? I am so glad that this house, my son could have walked in wearing a dress today and nobody would have thought anything different. You can clap to that. Yeah, you can, you can give that a, a hallelujah. And he likes to wear dresses sometimes. This is a safe place. This is a safe place for a privileged white male cisgender, straight, which is a minority in this church, but I've never felt like a minority in this church. As, as Bonnie said, when I walked in here, I didn't know if I was ever going to walk into another church again, but, and, and I'm walking into something where I'm different than everybody else, which is weird to me, because out there, I'm just like everybody else. I come in here where I'm not like anybody, really, other than the minority, and you guys gave me a home, so thank you for that. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Okay. So you got mud. Jesus takes and spits on the ground, which is weird. Makes some mud. Doesn't tell the guy that he's going to get healed. He just spreads it all over his eye sockets and then says, go take a bath. Who does that? Who does that? Jesus does that. So he went and he came back healing and uh, he came back seeing and, and he was healed. Jesus not only healed that blind man physically, but he attacked. The definition of sin, the same definition of sin that is still in our minds today, that if you do something bad, God is going to punish you for what you did. That is the definition of sin that we've all heard, that we've all been operating in, including myself. And can I say that's BS? Thank you, Mom. I said I tried not to cuss. And I'm trying. You never know when it's going to come out, though. (laughs) So he attacked that. The Bible says that we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So there was a spiritual thing going on here, not just the physical, but a spiritual thing where Jesus said, you know what? This sin didn't cause this man's... Blindness. It wasn't his parents, it wasn't him, but it was for the glory of God to be shown in that blind man's life. It was for his benefit. And yet, we often say that, that if we do something wrong, we, we believe in our hearts that, and we've been told that we're going we're gonna to go to hell. Not just because of what we do, but because of who we are because we were born that way? Because our our own thoughts and our own mind and our our own emotions and the things that we desire are wrong? How many people have felt that in your life and been told that in your life? You're not worthy. So how this, get your rocks ready, because here it comes. I'll be ninja. I love you, Morgan. <laughs> Here it comes. So we told when we do something wrong, we sin against God, we are being like the devil. That the blasphemy in this is because the devil says, I will be like the most high. I will be like the Most High, the Most High God. Here is the sin of Satan, and it is written into the fabric of the Christian church and has been for years because here's how it goes. You come up to the altar and and then the pastor prays for you and then you accept the Lord Jesus as your savior because you are a sinner and then they turn you around and they say, okay, well now you are perfect. Right here, right now, you have no sin. Now go and don't do anything wrong. And then don't think wrong. Don't do wrong. You have to make yourself like the Most High. When you see something wrong, you change your mind. When you do something wrong, you repent and you don't do it anymore. You have to make yourself like the Most High. You have to go and every step that you take, check it with your spirit and make sure that God is okay with that. And then if he is okay with that, then you might be saved for another minute or two, but then you have to go and repent again because you're not worthy. Make yourself like the most high. That is the sin of the devil that we were told when we were young that we had to follow, and can we break that chain today? Can we break that chain today? Because the only difference between Jesus and Lucifer is that Lucifer said, I will be like the most high, and Jesus said, I am like the most high. It is the awareness that you and the Father are one. That is already right there, right where you stand. And you are worthy, my son, because you exist. You are made of the same stuff that God is made of. You are made with love and with light. You are the source and the image at the same time. We see the image In this world, Jesus explains this because he he takes the the salve of the divine and mixes it with the dust of the earth. And it becomes something different through cohesion and adhesion that becomes mud. I always wondered, how can you be 100% God and how can you be 100% man? Well, the mud Revealed that to me. Because the, the water in the south mixes with the dirt and it becomes something new. It becomes something different. It is no longer carnal and it is no longer just divine. It is both at the same time. And that is our reality. That is what we've been given. That is the gospel in one sentence. When you can look, say, Noah, you are perfect exactly how you are. Yeah, you feel that? You are perfect exactly how you are. No matter what you've done. No matter what you've thought. Quit trying to make yourself like the most high. And understand that Jesus said you are already like the most high. And live in that Determine that in your mind, because when you do that, when you do that, when you say, I speak Jesus, mm. if you want to find the Father, find yourself. If you want to hear the Father, listen to yourself. Everything changes when you look at the Scripture With that in mind, everything changes. You're no longer a sinner waiting for a Savior, but you are a perfect creation created by God. When he said, let there be light, he said, let there be myself. And you are the reflection of that. You are made with that because you are one with the Father. And and science is telling us this. Let it be. Let it enter into your hearts. Enter into your minds. Let it happen. And instead of rejecting it as blasphemy, to say it is blasphemy, to say you will be like the most high. You will make yourself like the most high. That is blasphemy. But the recognition that that, Christ, the salve, and us, the dirt, becoming something new, something different, something just for this place, just for this realm, something that only happens here on earth. It's who you are. It's your inheritance. And then when you begin to understand that you are one with the Father, all kinds of things change. Because no longer can you accept that there is lack in your life. Because God owns everything. And that is mixed with you. Inseparable. You can't take the salve back out of the mud. Out of the dirt. You can't take it out it becomes something new that is you that is all god and all human the blind man reminds us in in one of those verses <laughs> without god i can do nothing he said without god this man couldn't do anything because jesus when he when he performed that that miracle was on the sabbath Whew, what a sinner what a sinner Healing somebody on the Sabbath. Are you kidding me? You're not allowed to do that. God wouldn't do that. We are the same. That rock that you have started out as mud. The healing from the divine the perfection from the divine mixed with the creation of earth and turning into something new that is us. And then solidified, petrified, a reminder of who we are. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus said, upon this revelation of of me being the Christ, that's how I will build my church. And we've turned it to a doctrine of Satan. Go, go out and never sin again. Never do anything wrong. And when you do, kick yourself in the head until you get it right take that shame and make it a part of you until you're, you're so bent and so broken that you feel like you have to repent. But see, without God, we can do nothing. And we take that, we take that thought process, that, that pendulum, and, and, and instead, of, instead of reconciling to the truth in us, we take that thought and we, we make it a part of our life. And it shackles us. And it steals us from our inheritance and it lies to us about who we are. I can't see the clock here. Okay. I got to shut up now. There's way more to this. Way more (laughs) to this. But I want you guys to understand. Jesus explained it to the Pharisees just like this. He said, why do you call me blasphemy when your Bible, your scripture, says in the Psalms that you are God's? And that word God right there is Elohim. Elohim is the plural name of the God El. The name is El. Elohim is the plural of that. Because we are all together. And if we are one with God and God is one with us, then we are one with each other. Everything that we do to someone else, we do to ourselves. And everything we do to ourselves, we do to somebody else. And to everybody else. I don't know. Joshua stood before the Israelites. And I'm going to end with this, I promise. Joshua stood before the Israelites, he said, Choose this day which God you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve Yahweh, Jehovah. You know, the God that gave us 600 rules for us to follow. And Jesus says, You are Elohim. I am Elohim. You know, the God that uses the pronouns them and us. That God, if we're going to choose a God that we can serve, I'm going to choose the one that accepts my family and my children for this generation and for the next generation, for a thousand generations, blessings upon blessings, the one that says, hey, I am your God. I am the God that accepts you. You can call me them. You can call me us. (laughs) i <laughs>